Hello, friendo. You know that feeling you get when you're around a good friend? There's nothing like it. It can make a bad day good and a good day great. I wanted to create a podcast that made me feel just like that. Every person has a story. And here in Friendo, we're going to celebrate them. I'm going to introduce you to fascinating people that will make us laugh, make us think, and inspire us. More than anything, this is a place where we can be ourselves. This is Friendo. Are you dreaming big these days? Is there something that sparks your creativity? It can be really tough, overwhelming even, to start something new. I'm not sure we're ever ready to start anything. I think back to parenting, working out, social media, moving overseas. Yeah, I definitely was not ready for any of those things, but I did them anyway. I stumbled, fumbled, and learned lots along the way. What's meant for you has a way of working out. My guest today is Patricia Stocky Abdella. She's a stay-at-home mom and business owner who created an app all while pregnant with two little ones at home in a pandemic. The app, The Homeowner Link, launched in June 2021 after just 18 months of development. She destroys the stereotype of what a tech founder looks like. She created this app on her own terms without a huge development team and a slew of investors. She's incredibly inspiring. You need to hear her story. Later in the episode, Dean and I pull back the curtain on being small business owners. We launched a candle company this year, and there have been several ups and downs throughout the process, including the reality of imposter syndrome and how to keep going even when you're unsure of your next steps. And in this week's favorites, an idea to wind down your evenings with tech. I know, not the most popular opinion. A TV show I cannot get enough of. It's so endearing. I'm obsessed. And a way to get friends together without alcohol and still have it be so fun. I'm Amanda Muse, and this is Friendo. Welcome to the podcast, Patricia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am pumped to talk to you about all the things that you're up to because I think we're going to I think we're going to like break some people's, you know, misconceptions about what working in tech might actually look like. So, yes. Tell me a little bit about yourself and you know what you're up to these days, your background and we're going to get into what the homeowner link is. Yeah, I mean, where do I start really? So, um I'm an entrepreneur, um by heart. I've been in entrepreneurship for about six years now since I had my first child. And that was kind of the catalyst for me moving into entrepreneurship from the corporate world. And from there, I've had a couple of businesses. And most recently, um, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about it, but I've designed and developed um, the Homeowner Link app. And basically, this app is um, just the hub and firsthand connection between the real estate and staging industries. So for the last two years, I've been designing and developing this app. It's finally come out. Um, and then beyond that, since this app has come out, I've really found my passion in in coaching and helping other female entrepreneurs and startup in the startup space to be able to go out and achieve their dreams, regardless of circumstance. That's really my passion, where my heart is. So that's kind of where I'm moving into now. And um, beyond the business, I have three beautiful boys, all under the age of six, and it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I do everything I do for them, and just being an inspiration to them. So um, I've kind of got a lot of different hats going on, and I absolutely love it. But I wouldn't change it for anything. That's amazing. So first of all, three boys under six mm-hmm. and you created 
an app. I'm like, I yes. feel like we just need like a little round of applause. Like that's, <laughs> that is wild. You know, any parent out there, especially those that have done this through a pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, it's no small feat. So yeah. now tell me, so you created this app and a mutual mm-hmm. friend of ours actually had told me about this. And I was like, what? This is so interesting. So mm-hmm. it was your background in staging homes. Had you done that at some point? Yeah. So when I started in entrepreneurship, I actually started in um, a home staging industry. I did that for a couple of years. And basically I found that um, the going out of the home every day wasn't my cup of tea. I was, I still had young kids at home. We were still very much having babies and this wasn't easy for me to be able to find childcare to go, to go to places to do consultations or to do the stagings and just scheduling wise. It was just a lot, especially with my husband. He does work. um, He's in real estate. So he does like long, long, hours. So, um, I was, I'm pretty much the, the primary caregiver in our home. And I just wanted to have a a business that I could do from home. So basically I took the staging industry and I wanted to create something that I could operate from online, which hadn't been done before. So I actually started off and created a membership platform and that took me about eight months, but it completely failed. Like it flopped there. There was no interest in it. Um, but it taught me to kind of pick myself back up, persevere, keep going forward and have different conversations. And from there, I actually spoke with different people in the real estate industry saying it's a great concept, but it actually needs to be an app format for people to use it. So that's kind of where the app um, process started. Interesting. Okay. So I love that it didn't start out perfect, first of all, because (laughs) I feel like there's that misconception in any business venture. You know, you think, oh, that person just has it so easy. Look at them. They got it all figured out. And you're like, no, there was a couple trial and errors, right? Okay. So then, and this app is something, my understanding, and you can jump in and correct me, but it's, it connects the stagers to realtors or is it homeowners? Real estate agents to home stagers. Yeah, you're right in that. Yeah. So uh, it connects them both to be able to operate and perform on the same platform Um, because they both work so connected, uh, connected in their businesses. A lot of homes these days obviously require staging and it's a very big marketing tactic for real estate agents. So if you couple those two things, it provides the first handheld staging service available to real estate agents to be able to operate a staging service right in the home in the listing presentation. It's a value add to real estate agents um, and it just provides that missing gap. Um, So basically when I was designing it, I found that the real estate industry was rapidly advancing in technology um, and home staging was really far behind. It was still very much like you've got to go into the home to do the consultation. You've got to, you know, do it all the, the old school way of doing things. And I just felt there had to be a better way. So I created it because it wasn't out there. <laughs> that is so neat yeah. because I remember, so we uh, we've been on our current house now for a couple of years, but I remember when we sold our last house, we were, you know, we'd been living overseas for a bunch of years. So we hadn't gotten into the market in Canada and it was my first experience with a stager. And it is an incredible, like you said, it's mm-hmm. a value add service. You get so much more for your home, little yeah. things that are not priority to the seller when you're just like trying to pack up your whole life. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you have this person come in where that's their skill set. So this is really interesting. So just out of curiosity, does the stager still have to go into the home to do this? 
Um, so uh, without getting too into it, because it can be very, uh, very crazy what I've created. So <laughs> there's two options. Um, right now, what the option is, is a virtual state and consultation just because of where we are with everything going on. Um, basically, that allows the real estate agent to um, take photos and videos of the property to be able to then um, send to a, a, a home stager to perform the consultation and then those notes get sent back. So that's a very virtual based consultation. There is a full app that I've designed and that has has, um, it's not out on the market, but it, it allows, um, essentially it's a bidding platform similar to Airbnb. So where home stagers can bid on projects in their area, which allow then the realtor to pick the stager based on an algorithm that we build into the app. Um, it gives them the top three based on the criteria, and then they get to choose the stager to come in. So there's, there's that whole other component of the app that's actually not available on the market. I designed that first, um, and then everything changed. So I started designing the app in 2019. And I was like, this is exactly what everybody needs. And then obviously everything had to go online. And I said, okay, so this isn't going to work right now. It's not going to work. It will have to maybe work later in life, but like right now it's not going to work. So I had to really change it to the virtual component. And then maybe later in life or whatever happens next, then that will go. But but it's such a great example of how you had one plan and then life or the world in this case took a like kind of a left turn there. So then you had to adapt. And it's really interesting to see or just even to hear those those steps because our Mm. again, it's like it didn't exactly turn out like you envisioned, but it's working the way you need it to right now. Mm hmm. I would imagine that, you know, you probably have had this conversation before, but it's very curious. You know, a lot of people think they know what a tech founder looks like. In fact, just yeah. last night I was watching, I don't know if you've seen the new movie, uh, Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds. Have, no, okay. I haven't. Not yet. It's like Not just yet. come out on Disney Plus. And so my son and I are watching this and an element of it is it's it's like video game creators, right? Mm -hmm. And the guy is like so cool looking and he's, well, he's young-ish and it's like this, everything's glass and they're sitting in this office and it just, it's what you would think a founder would look like. You know, you got three kids under six doing this from home. Like, did you rent a loft to like make it look like... No, what you see is what you get. This is where I do all my work. Um, no, honestly, like um, when I first started, I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I ended up right before everything was shut down. I went to a networking event in Waterloo because Waterloo was a very tech-based um very tech-based industry. So I went to a startup event there and literally I think I was the only female. There might have been like maybe a couple of us, but there I was like, and and I was pregnant. So uh, imagine me going in being pregnant, like I was six months pregnant and uh, talking to people about this app. And everyone was pretty much looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, how are you doing this? You need to, you need to build a team. You need to have a C- CFO and a CTO, which is chief technology officer. You need to, you know, have all these other components and where your investing funding coming from. Are you doing a round of investing? And how is that looking? And I got so overwhelmed that I left there and I was like, can I do this? And I almost stopped because it got to a point where I was like, am I like, am I someone who can do something different? Because I really had to change that story of what that tech founder looked like. Like, you're right. We all have this like preconceived notion of that tech founder is that, you know, you're in your basement or you're in this wonderful office and you have, you know, founding finders and, and you have all this beautiful money coming in from all these investors. But that's not the reality. Like you can do it 
anywhere as long as you have the right, um, I guess, mindset, because that's what really changed me is I had to change my mindset with what that looked like. And I had to be okay with what my circumstances were to go and achieve that goal. And I think that's why I'm so passionate right now about showing other women specifically that they can do it too, because it is a very male dominated industry. And I was coming in as a young female with three kids to doing something that's never been heard of before in the technology world. So I really changed that story for me. And I just really want to be able to show people that they can change that story too. It's very inspiring. My goodness. You. Did you did you find that you found support within the industry, like other people willing to give you a hand? Yeah. So um, based on conversations, one thing led to another, I'm really, uh, I'm a really big believer in uh, just universal synchronicity. And um, so, you know, just conversations, I actually, um, my husband met someone and he gave me a contact for one of his friends who had a startup company and sold it. So there's other person that I, so I started speaking with this person, his name is Chris, and he took me under his wing and he kind of gave me some insight as like, okay, well, you have these options. You can go this way or you can go this way. And um, one of the things he told me to do is just to start getting my prototype built. So um, he gave me uh, information as to the type of program I would need to build a prototype and I designed it myself. And then he gave me a contact for a designer to make it come and all look pretty. So that's kind of what I would bring to my developers to have them pitch on it, or that's what I would bring to investors if I was going that route. Um, but he kind of took me under his wing. I've messaged him random times at different times during this entire thing. And he's really been a, a big part of that for me. Uh, I also ended up hiring a coach, um, I, I would say several months into it, pretty much because I was holding myself back and I needed someone to be like, okay, just, just do it. And she kind of was that catalyst for me as well. But also she was more of a real estate coach. So she had a lot of insight into the real estate world and whether it would be beneficial um, in terms of how it's going to be used, used in the real estate industry. So she was kind of that, uh, that, that person for me. It's really nice to hear when people are willing to help because mm-hmm. I think we don't, you know, I'm sure you've been asked questions by people. I know I get asked questions. Oh, can you give me some tips here and there? And we don't always have the time to have that mm-hmm. coffee to share those things. Um, but sometimes you do make that time and you don't necessarily realize the impact it can have. That Absolutely. They might follow through with that plan, with that whole idea. Um, you know, how did you stay mo- motivated through all of this? You know, you said you, you kind of got that first like, holy you know, smokes, I'm pregnant. I'm the only female basically at this event. You know, some people might've just walked away from that. Like, what did you have people like your husband hyping you up? Did you have friends? Like, how did you stay motivated to follow through? Um, it was challenging. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say every day I was so excited to work on it. There were so many times where I, where I wanted to give up, but I almost quit. And I, I, I ended up building a, a team around me of people who would bring me up. So um, people like I have a weekly call with, it's almost like a mastermind, but a really close friend of mine. And we're very, we're both entrepreneurs. And every week we would have this call. It's an hour long. And we talk about what's going on in our lives and our business. And, and, um, if there was a down week, for example, she would she would tell me to keep going. Or if I, you know, if I was at a point where I'm like, I'm giving up, she'd be like, no, I'm not letting you You've come too far. And I eventually got to a point where it turned into a muscle. Um, and my husband's been a very big support as well. I mean, he's he's 
him being in real estate, he's been allowed, it's allowed me to be able to stay home and work on the business full time instead of being, having to go and find childcare and doing all these other things. So I really have the mental capacity to be able to work on the business when I can. Um, so that's a big support. And he's been a big cheerleader for me. You know, he was the first user in my platform. He's tested it all out for me. So that really was a big support. Um, beyond that, I've realized that I had to build more people into my life because you are the result of the top five people you spend your time with. So I really started looking outside. I started listening to a lot of podcasts, which helped lift up my spirits a little bit, um, like listening to books that are very motivational in terms of success and going forward. But the other part of that is that I worked on my mindset a lot. So I started doing a lot of inner work, meditation, things like that, sitting in silence and just making sure that I'm going on the right path um, within my inner soul. So that was a whole other component that um, I did start taking on. And it started becoming a muscle where now... Um, now, when I have an unmotivated day, it, I, I realize it's just a period of time. It, it, it will pass. And um, my common saying to myself was that I didn't come this far just to come this far. Like I built something for a reason and there's a purpose behind it. And we may not know the answers now, but I'll know it down the line and I'll look back and I'll be like, that was why I did that. Um, so that's how I kind of keep myself motivated and moving forward every day. Such good tips there. Yes. I mean, you know, you're making me think about things that I, I might do that I don't even realize, like that mm -hmm. mastermind call with a friend who's kind of in a similar industry or just an entrepreneur. Like it can be pretty lonely. That's one part of yeah. taking a different route is people might not realize like it seems so, oh, like it's so great. You get to work for yourself. And you're like, yeah, there's no one to talk to. Like ever. There's no one to ever, talk to ever. Just sitting yeah. at your desk. And you're like, maybe yeah. I'll wear jeans today. Like, that's exciting. You know, like, <laughs> you know, you're trying to like keep things different, but it is, there's so much truth about what you say about that muscle. Like it's, you know, especially when you've been working towards something where when you do have that wobbly day, you're mm -hmm. like, oh, hell no. I've been doing this for how long now? And I, I can, I'm getting closer to the end. I'm getting closer to that vision or you know, you just keep reminding yourself why you're on that path. It's such good yeah. advice. And I would say when my journey first started, if I was in that mindset, it would take me weeks to change it around. And now if I'm in that mindset, it takes me a couple minutes because that muscle and that skill has gotten so, um, I guess, robust from the amount of times that I had to pick myself up and do something that it's just like, okay, it's just another blip in the radar. Keep moving forward. Whereas before I would let it like literally paralyze me for weeks. And before I would take another step to move forward in it. And um, I think as an entrepreneur starting out, you're going to have that. And it, you just need to keep going forward and keep building in order to achieve where you want to go. I can relate on a similar yes. level where I remember being this brand new YouTube mommy like nine plus years ago and getting like my first negative comment. I was like, well, <laughs> we're packing up shop. We are done here. I'm never producing anything else. And now I'm yep. looking back. I'm like, oh my God, don't even come for me. You're like now block <laughs> delete. It's like, I don't, you're not going to come in my house and say bad things to me. You know, like you, you really yeah. do grow that thicker skin. And, and, you know, like you said, that muscle yeah. gets more robust. I love that. Yeah, um, I would imagine that you have learned so much. I mean, you've been so transparent. Like you went one way, it didn't work out. We're going to take like plan B. That didn't work out. Okay, we're coming back to, you know, there's been so many twists and turns. So I'm curious, like, I know absolutely nothing about starting something like what you've done. You know, is the intent to always like you want to sell? Is that like always the intent? You make something, you're like, I'm going to sell it and then like move on to try something new. Um, First, let's start there. I'm just curious. 
Yeah. I mean, when I first started building the app, my intent wasn't to sell. My intent was to build it and grow this big business. Along the journey, though, I realized something about myself and that's that I don't want to... Um, I, I just choose not to have a big team or be the leader of a big team. I work um, myself better when I can have um, just the the ability to do what I want when I want to do it. I don't necessarily want to um, be the manager of people. And so as a result of that, and that came from understanding my core values. I did an exercise last year that went through, you know, what are my top three core values? And my top, my top core value is family. So if I had to manage a team of many, many people and run this big business, that would take away from my family. Um, and I don't choose that. So, um, Based on those core values that I that I realize in myself, I realize that I can. Um, it's okay if I want to sell it. So now I'm at a point from last year to, to where I am now that my I've been building it to sell. I've been building it to sell, and that's a lot of tech co- technology companies do that. They do build to sell. Um, I think either or would be beneficial if if someone's starting out and you want to grow a team and you can see yourself being this leader and you can see yourself, you know, hiring and managing all these people. I think that's wonderful. I think, I think it takes a very uh, specific person to do that. Um, I'm also a very big uh, visionary. So uh, <laughs> visionaries sometimes don't, uh, aren't the best managers of teams. And I think it just comes with understanding who I am a little bit more and what I'm good at. So um yeah, so my goal is to sell the app uh, in the long run. That's actually kind of what I'm attempting to manifest at this point in my life. is uh, It's all been completed. So I'm attempting to manifest a, a buyer. And, um, and moving forward, I mean, I'm just going to work my businesses with what I have available to me and making sure that they're 110% following my passions learning about yourself. You know, that doesn't just like magically happen. This is where, you know, whether it's a coach or, you know, you, you do, and it doesn't have to be like a regular thing. I think sometimes people see the price tag that comes with a coach and they're like, oh my God, but you can, you can do it like once every three months, once every six months. Like you can figure this out. I myself have done that. And it's wonderful to figure out where your strengths are. You know, mm-hmm. what is it that you like to do? You said you're a visionary, right? So that innovation part is the thrilling part. And it's like, it well, is. I don't want to spend my next 20 years like running this business when I could be in like making all these other interesting things. Yeah. Um, and spending time with your kids and and being you know where your core value is with your family like that's so insightful i think too mm-hmm. is that you know in this gig economy that people have started and these there's so many options that that can be a little bit like paralysis by analysis what direction do you even go but knowing that you can in some ways tailor your life to how you want to live your life like it's yeah. very exciting i would imagine there's so many things that you have learned and that you will take with you as you, you know, create new things and continue to build your business. If someone was coming to you today and they're like, all right, I kind of have this idea. Like, is there any like definitely go this way? Definitely don't do this or any like hard, you know, lessons that you've learned that you'd be willing to share? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of conversations that people need to have if they have an idea um, and a lot of learning for their own growth. But that being said, I would say that if you have an idea and you think that you have to go to an investor and that's the only way of funding your dream, you need to think again. Because if you have a dream, the only person you need to bet on is yourself. So if you believe in it enough, the funds will find a way to you. The funds will find a way for you to be able to 
accomplish what you need to accomplish and get it out onto the market. So if you believe in yourself enough and you bet on yourself enough, I feel that the the outcome will be exactly how you envisioned it or even better. So that's something that stuck with me. I had to go through that learning process. I had to speak with investors. I had to be turned down by investors. I had to you know, be told pretty much that when this hits, um, that I was wasting my money and my time by doing this. I got told that several times. I, you know, I've gotten told that it's like, you know, the worst idea that's ever come out. But I mean, I picked myself back up and I kept going forward and I used it as, as motivation to keep going and moving forward. Cause, uh, and, and you'll probably, you probably know this as well is when you get negative feedback, it, it means that you're doing something. It means that you're making change. And to me, that means I'm disrupting the industry the way I envisioned to disrupt it. So people aren't happy with it. That's excellent news because it means you're doing something different and people aren't comfortable when something's being done differently. Damn, that is some good <laughs> advice. I love that. So how can people find you? How can they follow what you're up to? Do you share some of this online? Yeah. So, um, so the homeowner link is the homeowner link.com. Um, I'm available there on the Google, um, Google platform and the app store as well. Um, for my coaching and my startup kind of journey and all that stuff that I speak about, um, PSA company.ca is the website for that. I'm, I'm also on Instagram. It's, um, at I am Patricia underscore ABD. And, um, I also have a podcast. If you're listening, wanting to listen to the journey or my journey, it's available on my podcast. It's called the real journey podcast with Patricia and we're available on all the podcast platforms. Amazing. I will leave all of these links below. I hope folks go and follow you. I feel very inspired. I'm like, <laughs> what can I do next? Like it's, yes. it, um, you really, you can tell that you've done the work and it shows and it's not that it's easy, but you're just like, you're not willing to take no for an answer. And I think that is mm-hmm. such an inspiring thing that people should really try to like work on, you know, because yes. you don't know what's around that corner, right? If you just take that yeah, chance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. This has been great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Hi, Dean. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. Oh, I'm... so good to see you. Right. <laughs> yes. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, okay, let's just talk about Patricia for a second here. Amazing, amazing story, isn't it? When I was introduced to Patricia and her story, mm-hmm. I it was like, wait, what? How did she do that? And then when you get into the specifics, pregnant, two little ones at home, having been in a situation where I was pregnant with a little, just one little one at home trying to make a go of a business. I mean, it's no joke. And then to try to create something that hasn't been done before and all the hoops I'm sure she had to jump through. It's kind of wild. Jeez, you wonder how com- how common that story is, you know? people starting up new ventures and it must have taken well i can tell from talking to her that you know first of all her ability to pivot her ability to make a mistake or try something and not work out and go in a different direction it's very inspiring it is very inspiring and those of us who have kind of started stuff up in this pandemic time can relate to maybe a different kind of a motivation than she had but at the same time, it requires a lot of willpower to get through all those little hurdles, overcome your imposter syndrome, you know, if it starts to be successful. And there's a lot into it. There's a lot of it that's, you know, when I listen to her speak, it's like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. 
So let's talk about that a little bit, that imposter syndrome. So for new listeners, you know, short and sweet, the pandemic hit and your job as a pilot just sort of went pause for a while. And to be honest, is still on pause. Yeah, it's pretty well. I don't know, not to be too negative, but it's like it's evaporating. Right. You know, as time goes on, you're just kind of going, really? I mean, everybody else is going back to work and there's still a select few of us that are sitting waiting for something. And, um, you know, with that, that really for motivation wise, you know, when we started up the candle business, that was really our, or I guess I'll speak for myself. That's my motivation is to, you know, constantly strive for something that will sustain, uh, your family and keep the bills paid and, you know, all that type of stuff. So, uh, we didn't really, I didn't find, maybe you did, but I didn't find anybody was really giving us any kind of negative impact or negative uh, comments um, on what we were doing, but I can definitely see how that would be a problem, you know, to hear about that and kind of go, you know, you, you get a lot of self-doubt. You're like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe this is a dumb idea, but is it ever really a dumb idea? Well, here's the tricky thing with imposter syndrome is it's usually not the comments from other people. It's your own. It's yeah. your own narrative where, you know, we can't help but compare. I think it's just like human nature. You see someone else's business maybe being super successful or at a different chapter than where you're at in your own business development. And you think, well, I should be there. And if I'm not there, maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Right. And this right. like talk of. Well, if I can't do it, I know for myself, if I can't do it perfectly, then I just shouldn't do it. Oh, right. And it's like, if I can't output at the, the level I want, if I, if you can't, you know, make a thousand candles and I shouldn't be doing it. I'm just throwing numbers out there, but you know, like that self-talk yeah. can really creep in. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I never found that at the beginning when starting up into the candle business, because I've kind of always been someone who has researched a lot of you know, things about the, about the, you know, uh, different businesses. And there's so much information online, no matter what you're doing, that you can sift through it and get what you need. But at the same time, you still have to put the effort in. You still have to do all the little things that the thousands of little things that you'd never start at, uh, uh, thought of when you start up because, well, you've never done it before. And, you kind of have your own preconceived ideas about how it's supposed to be. And sometimes it surprises you like, oh, that doesn't make any sense why I'm doing that, you know. And when you sit there and you, you know, talking about the point where you did your research, because you did, I mean, you lost your job, kind of evaporated in March. And then we launched the candle business. What was it, June? Uh yeah, I think it was May or June. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was pretty short. If you think about it, like you really just dove into it. Even me, I found I was the one that was a little bit of the naysayer. Like, maybe we should wait. Maybe we should pause. Like, I was scared to launch something new, which surprised me looking back on it because now it's like it's so successful and it's been so well received because you did that research to realize, yeah, there's this whole market, this little industry, not so little, actually this industry for a type of product. That's a bit of a, it's not a, a need to have. It's like this luxury, a little want item that makes your home a little happier. But what I find so interesting is like you see a lot 
of conversation, and I didn't even think I was going to bring this up, but I see a lot of these information being sent, whether it's through Instagram or whatever, it's like these get rich quick schemes or let's be honest, like direct marketing, MLMs and stuff like that, Mm. which, you know, I understand the appeal, right? Because you're like, you're just kind of plugging yourself into this pre-existing setup and you have the possibility to make a bit of cash. And it seems easy because you're like, I could learn about whatever product is there and it's probably a good product, right? It's been tested, the whole thing. But the, the, the part that I wish would be easier to say to folks is like, if you're willing to put a little bit of work in, like, let's say three to six months of learning about how to, in your case, let's stick with the candles, how to source, you know, the jars, how to make an actual candle from putting in the wick to your percentage ratios for your wax. And, and it's not for everybody, this particular business. But if you do that kind of work, the potential is so great for what could happen because the world is available to you. Where I find with some of those some of those other concepts, it's you're very local, you know, right. you're, you're stuck in a certain area um, where there's so much potential. Like, so now you've done this part. So now when you go to launch three new candles for the holidays, mm-hmm. you already have the first part of it done. This, this is where the creativity gets to come in. You get to play with the sense more, you know, the, you've already established this foundation for your business. So I find it's a little easier to have that get up and go when you're going to develop your your concepts and develop your business. And I think what surprised me, and I, I have to admit where I didn't perhaps have faith or something, is like, it seemed so niche. Like, so it's just a candle business, you know? But yeah. the volume that you've been able to move from, you know, in our warehouse, quote unquote, to people's homes around the world is, it's incredible. Just one person making these candles in the garage. And you think, you know, there's people who have perhaps a side business that turned into a full-fledged business. And there's so much potential. And I think my fear as this perfectionist type of person where it's like, if I can't do it perfect right away, if I can't be in a store or I don't know, all these weird ideas I had about what a business should be, I would have let that stop me. But you're just like, no, we're going to make this work because let's be honest, it's a weird year and it has to work. It has to work. It, it had to work. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, um, when you talk about coming up with a concept for a business, when you're coming up with an idea for a business and like in Patricia's case, you know, she obviously thought out a lot of the angles and she was motivated to try them and, she was stubborn enough uh, to stick to her guns and Mm -hmm. to do what she needed to do. And that is so inspiring. One thing that Patricia touched on that I thought was a really important angle to bring up is that as an entrepreneur, as a creative person, an ideas person, there's so much energy that you pour into the project you're working on. And there are going to be times where your cup is empty or it For gets sure. a little low. Yeah. And she spoke about the importance of having a, you know, a business coach and tapping into people that she knew could support her in her circle and keep that flame lit, you know, so that she could keep going. Yeah. I don't know if I've asked you this question directly, but you know, I know that there have been some ups and downs in your motivation with just life in general the last little bit, but what have you been doing to help keep that flame going? Like what keeps you motivated aside from like my family needs to eat, you know, but you know, what, what's keeping you motivated? What are you doing for yourself? 
It's a hard question to answer because I find that the thoughts don't come so clearly anymore with a lot of things, you know, you lose track of, of where you're at. Um, I think what keeps me motivated is like, as far as the pilot job thing goes, I've kind of put it down, like completely put it down, like to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm like Magellan, the explorer that burnt ships so that everybody was motivated to uh, survive where they were, right? Develop a colony or whatever they did. Okay. I, I'm in the same boat. Like, I think if you're starting on something and you have a concept, you have that inspiration, you really need to put everything else away, you know, with the exception of your family and whatever, but you really need to just go, you have to believe that, that, that it's, it's possible. And also like, I think simply, I just got a lot of motivation from other people. And those are like people online uh, that are celebrities, you know, talking about this. I love, uh, you know, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, you know, he's just so positive and, you know, didn't come from much and he's just so driven. I like Joe Rogan. Um, you know, I like a, a lot of different people in the professional, you know, in, in, a, in the celebrity world, but I also get a lot of inspiration from people just reaching out and saying, you know, Dean, I really love like, for instance, one of our candles, magic, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that scent that was developed or that was trying to copy the smell of the church and the nativity in Bethlehem, that frankincense and myrrh and a little bit of vanilla in there. It's just, it, you know, them telling you that that was like, I lit that up after work and I just melt into my sofa and that makes me feel so good. Or people from, you know, we have, we have orders, like you said, from all over the world now. And people send me a picture of a candle and I'm the only one that touches the candles. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, if you wanted to clone me, you could just take, <laughs> probably just scrape a little bit off. You can make your own Dean. Oh God. Um, but that's, that's what inspires me. And that's like, you know what? It's not such a bad thing to make people happy nowadays. Mm -hmm. It's quite easy to make people miserable, but not always, you know. Totally. Yeah. So that's kind of what motivates me. Well, I've, I enjoy talking about this because I find I often need a reminder and I often need a little bit of inspiration as to why do I keep doing what I do? And I don't think I'm alone in that feeling, you know, especially if you're doing something that's a little bit off the beaten path, you know? Well, you've got a lot. I think we mentioned this in previous podcasts, but you've got a lot of um, negative feedback from people that are quite close, you know, to you. And I can see where that would be very devastating, you know? Um, that like, who do you think you are? Some movie star? And you're just like, no. Is movie star is not even the same genre as what mm -hmm. you know a YouTuber, a, a social media personality. It's a pretty new gig, right? Mm -hmm. And it's getting more sophisticated, and it's the new way advertising has happened, entertainment has happened, community has happened. It's kind of rolled it all into a ball, and and uh, and not only that, in your community, in your niche of social media, you're you're doing advertising. You're doing um, entertainment. You're doing community type stuff, talking about, uh, you know, violence against women or mental health or, you know, all that type of stuff. So it's all kind of in a ball, you know, and then the candle business is 
not really a business. It's kind of a support platform for, it's like a Patreon almost, Mm -hmm. you know, we want you to keep going. We like what you have to say and we don't want you to go work at, you know, a a nine to fiver because maybe you can't work at a nine to fiver. Yeah. So this is what we're offering. And that itself in itself is not a traditional way to support your family. Totally. You know, and it seems like it would just be the old fuddy duddy saying that, but it's really like a lot of people, even, you know, in your, I was going to say our age, but your age Mm -hmm. that have lived the traditional life. They went to school, they did this, they got a job, they have their pension they're paying into and life is good. But for those that want to strive to go further, I think that there can be a lot of rewards and those rewards require, you know, some sacrifice and a lot of mental health uh, uh, is uh, your mental health is really in jeopardy when you do that type of stuff. Sorry. That's true. Well, thanks, Dean. Hey, thanks for having me. Let's get back. Let's get you back in the candle factory. Yeah. Get back to work and make some new candles. So I mentioned at the top of the episode that I have this little idea about how to wind down your evenings that actually include tech, which I totally understand is an unpopular opinion. I think that many of us are trying to reduce the amount of blue light that shoots into our eyeballs before we go to sleep because, you know, science has shown that it's not that great. But And there is a little, you know, a little but. Uh, I have started reading before bed. However, I don't always get out to the library, nor do I get out to a bookstore. I just, I just find like I'm not getting out enough, (laughs) apparently. But I do have a Kindle. I got one for Christmas last year. And it's just the greatest thing. I never thought I would be a Kindle person. I never thought I would get into reading on a device. It's just not my jam. And I could not do it on an iPad or a phone. Like I I just, I tried it once. It's just not for me. However, the Kindle is so lightweight and I love the feature where it's the black backlight and the writing is in white because I love to read as I fall asleep and I find that it's easy on my eyes. I can adjust the brightness. So if there is a sleeping human beside me, I don't actually have to put my book down. I also don't have to have any lights on. Now, if there's any optometrists listening, they may not agree with me reading without a light on, but I don't know. It seems to be working. I enjoy it. I actually just finished reading the book Made last night. It was incredible. Wow. What a read. And it's just, I, I don't have to move. I, you know, I'm so lazy when I get reading. I want to lay on my side and I don't want to move my hands. And I just love that I can tap the page with my thumb that's actually holding the Kindle and it turns the page. It's genius. I love it. Add it to your holiday wish list or treat yourself because it's, I just, it's incredible. And I love tech. That's no surprise. Hence this episode, to be perfectly honest. Moving on to my next favorite thing of the week. It's actually been a favor for several weeks now. It's the show Ted Lasso Obsessed. If you've watched it, because I know not everything is for everyone, but it's just, it covers so much ground. The character of Ted Lasso is so endearing. He's so charming. He's flawed. He's going through big life things that so many of us go through. 
I have the biggest girl crush on Hannah Waddingham, who plays the the boss lady on Ted Lasso. I can't, where do I even begin? Let's, okay, let's start with, she's just a badass for one. She can sing. Oh my God, like for real singing. She's a total fox. All of her wardrobe items I'm obsessed with. I used to work in an office many moons ago. It feels like in a previous life. And I used to wear all these like awesome power suit kind of outfits. And I miss that, honestly. I'm sitting here in sweatpants and a plaid shirt, which is fine and comfortable. But I do miss that kind of element of, you know, getting dressed up, going to an office, interacting with people. I do. I love that. So I love seeing what she wears all the time. I love her face. Is that weird? She has a perfect face. She's a woman in her late 40s who is aging because guess what? We all age and she doesn't do Botox or anything like that. And her face wrinkles and crinkles like a normal woman's face should. And it is so, I don't know, inspiring, incredible to see that on the television screen. In fact, I'm so obsessed with her face that I randomly stumbled upon a YouTube video where she's sharing her skincare, her evening skincare. And I was like screenshotting all of the items that she's recommending. I'm going to add them to my Christmas wish list. I'm obsessed. Anyway, it's an incredible show. Highly recommend. I believe it's on Apple TV. So you'd have to check where you, you know, if you have access to it, but it's incredible. It's one of those shows that I'm trying to watch slowly so that I can just savor it because I don't want it to end. And last but not least, an idea to get your friends together without alcohol. Now, I feel like I have to have a little bit of like, you know, I am not against alcohol. I love, especially this time of year, a wonderful glass of red wine. It is my jam. Sitting down on a cozy sofa, chilling with friends or in a restaurant, like I'm here for it. I also really like doing other things too. In this season of life, with all of these hats that I wear, and likely very similar for so many of you, whether it's children or people you're caring for or pets or a career you're building or school, there's always so much going on. And I find that there's just not enough hours in the day sometimes to get everything done. And so when I can, you know, marry two things together, pair things up that don't always go together, like let's say exercise, being in nature and friendship, I'm here for it. So a few of my friends, I would say probably two, three years ago, we started doing this, is that we started doing things together, not always at a restaurant or, you know, we're not, you know, painting clay, although that would be fun, to be honest, but we like to go on hikes. And so what was it? A week ago, I went on this wonderful early morning hike. Well, not too early, 9 a.m. with two of my friends. And we tend to post about it in our, you know, in our Facebook messenger group. Anyone available want to join? And there's usually a few of us. And we just go for a nice cruise, spend an hour and a half, two hours together, have a coffee, whatever it is, as we walk and talk and update. And it's great because, you know, you get to work it into different hours of the day. It's not always easy to get out in the evenings if you've got kids at home and you need to find a sitter and it's COVID times or you're, you know, there's just so many variables. And so when you can get out in the day, a little sunshine, we went out on a Sunday morning. It was wonderful. So I highly recommend trying something new when you can with your friends, because I do find it's really easy to get into the routine of, let's say, wine nights with girlfriends. And I'm not saying cancel those. Please continue those. I need one of those actually sooner than later. But it's so fun to add this, just this extra layer to your friendship where you get to go out and do stuff. So 
10 out of 10 recommend. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. In case you missed last week, you're going to want to go back and listen to a conversation I had with Andrea Bucket all about fall and fall cooking and just how to find ways to make it happen in the kitchen. And if you've already caught up, next week, I'll be tuning in with a parent of a child with Down syndrome and talking about all of the things from the fear of finding out while pregnant to the beauty of life now. Thank you for listening and I'll catch up with you next week. Friendo is produced by Amanda Muse with producer Dila Velasquez. Audio editing by Ali Ashbacker and Amanda Muse. Production and sound design by Rob Johnson. Can I ask a little favor? Can you share this podcast with a friend? It's the best way to help get Friendo into new ears. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find me on Instagram daily at Amanda Muse, YouTube for weekly videos at Amanda Muse, and TikTok for some laughs at Muse Amanda. Thank you for listening and join me next week.